A fabringen, in Yiddish a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avton, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson, and it is a few days after Pesach for bringing shows. Once again, uh, my name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Show. And here we are, beautiful Tuesday, 24th of Nisan, 6th of April. And summer's still holding up over here in this side of town. Please God, um, the sun shines brightly on all of us, and we should all have abundance in our lives. So, it's that time of the year again. What's that time? See, the show, um, and I imagine not only the Fabrengan show, but many of the shows on Soul to Soul on High FM Network follow the calendar. They at least have some connection to the calendar. We're supposed to live with the times. Living with the times means you live with the Parsha of the week, you live with the Chag of the week, the holiday, the, the energy of the time. <clears throat> And we just started, just over a week ago, we started the Omer. And it's no secret that we count the Omer for seven weeks. And during a big part of this Omer, we go into a stage of mourning. The various customs, the local South African custom is to go from the second of Rosh Chodesh, from this coming Tuesday, until a few days before Shavuot, we go into a period of mourning. This is not the topic, but it's important just as an introduction. Why do we go into the morning? And the the main reason is because the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva, and this is just after the destruction of the Second Temple, 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva did not treat each other with respect, and they died during this period, and therefore to commemorate their passing, but more importantly to learn the lesson that's why we do various acts of mourning. For example, we don't get married. There'll still be a few more weddings in town up to this coming Tuesday. And then in the Jewish community, um, there won't be any weddings for the next little while. Then there's a one-day break on Lagba Omer, and then it continues. So when I said that time of the year, I didn't necessarily mean that time of the year that we focus on mourning. Unfortunately, there's a few times of the year of that, and it's not something that uh, is exciting to talk about. But it's the time that we focus on unity and disunity. We focus on the fact that the 24,000 students, 12,000 peers, were not able to respect one another. As the Talmud says, Shtemesis, Elif Talmudim, 12,000 Zugos, 12,000 peers of students, there was to Rabbi Akiva across the land of Israel, and they all died in one little time period. They all died in a certain time period, because they did not respect one another. The story is very enigmatic. We don't know exactly what year it took place. There are various hypotheses, what exact stage it took place. Was it a... Um, did they die from a sickness? Did they die from an eye in hara, from an evil eye? Were they killed by um, Romans? There's various different uh, opinions and traditions. But fundamentally, the basic narrative is they died because they didn't respect one another. 
and for thousands of years we've been exploring, not thousands, but this episode must have happened about 1900 years ago, plus minus, so for close to two millennia we've been exploring what exactly did they do wrong, these were wonderful people, wonderful students, what did they do wrong, and fundamentally at the heart of it is good people, pious people, couldn't respect one another. You'd think, wow, you know, like, gosh, 24,000 students couldn't respect one another. I mean, that's, what was wrong with them? But the truth is that the other time of the year that we mourn is in a few months' time, please God, Mashiach is here before then, redemption, but we mourn the destruction of the temple. And the temple was, was destroyed. Why? Because we didn't get along. Because there was baseless hatred. So the truth is both times of mourning during the Jewish calendar traced themselves to one fundamental idea. We couldn't get along. And therefore tragedy took place, and therefore we mourn. So on a very superficial level, you'll have to agree with me that there's something really worth digging into about this getting along. Because as much as we talk about it, gosh, have we spoken about it. I'm not saying me, I'm saying as a nation, as a people, everyone claims that everyone, you know, I saw even in the Israeli elections, one of the sides was using it against the other side, that, you know, we never got along, now we have to get along, and we have to get along to do this political maneuver, and that political maneuver, it's always being used. But ultimately, 2,000 years after the destruction of the temple, 1,900 years after the students of Rabbi Akiva, we, we struggle. We struggle to make sense of this. We struggle to get along. Yeah, it's very nice to get along when things are wonderful when there's no major political scandal taking place, when there's no major faribal, when everybody's treating us well, big genius to get along. It doesn't take much. There's no courage in that. That's not, that's not what builds the temple. That's not what fixes what was broken. What fixes what was broken is the courage to get along even when everything is going against that. But what does that look like? What does it mean? Well, it's worth exploring, but before we explore it, I want to play this uh, song. It's a song that uh, was recorded in my childhood, or maybe even before, and it's really a, a, a prayer to God. It's called Abishter. Abishter is Yiddish for God, for Hashem, and it's just a beautiful melody that I just, as I was preparing for the show, really inspired me, and I thought to share it with you as well. This is Abishter on 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM, my name is Rabbi Levi Avtsin, and we're talking about that wonderful topic that everybody has lots of opinions, but most of us are much better at having opinions about it than implementing it, and that is the idea of getting along. Oh, come on, really, how many times can we address it? Well, here's the fact. We are 1950 years and almost 51 years from the destruction of the Second Temple. And we're told the temple was destroyed because we couldn't get along. And almost two millennia later, we still haven't figured it out. Because had we figured it out, we're told that the third temple would be rebuilt, would be built, and we would enter a better world. The single biggest factor is getting along. And yes, there are many things that we could do to bring the redemption, various mitzvot, you know, keeping Shabbat and any mitzvot we do. Um, we're told brings the world closer, but there's no question that at the heart of the destruction was the baseless hatred, and at the heart of building it is getting is not just getting along; it's baseless love, the idea of loving people. It's, it's tough, um, and 
I want to explore it from a different direction. I think we've explored this numerous times over the, on this shows um, over the years. I want to explore it from a different time and that a different perspective, and that is how to get along, not just in theory, but specifically with people who hurt us, and how for us to be people who don't hurt others. See, you know, you could talk about getting along, and ultimately, I think most of us get along with 90% of the Jewish community. 98% of the Jewish community, 98% of the world, I would say not only 98, I would say most of us get along with 99% of the world, unless you're a real bigot, racist, chauvinist, um, xenophobe that just hates people for the color of their skin or their gender or their race or their religion, which I'd like to believe that we're not, at least most of us um, on this conversation, Pretty much, you have nothing against. You have nothing against the 1.3 billion Chinese. You have nothing against the 1. Point whatever uh, billion Hindu uh, Indians. You have nothing against Indonesians. You have nothing against most Europeans. You have no, nothing against most Africans. You have nothing against most people in South America. You have nothing against most people in America. You might not like the politics of America, or you might find it entertaining. Yeah, nothing against the people of Canada, pretty much Australia, all the continents, Asia, here, the, the whole vastness of Russia, all nine tone zones. You maybe like Putin's politics, don't like his politics, but ultimately, what do you have against 300 million Russians? Nothing. The issue is not getting along with 7 billion people. <laughs> That's easy. As long as the person didn't hurt you, there's no reason, again, unless the person's a xenophobe, there's no reason that they should hate anybody on the other side, regardless of the person's race, color, creed. Whatever, that's what they are. The issue with getting along is the more it affects us. In other words, people from your community, people in your family, people who interact with you, your boss, your employee, your coworker, your co fellow congregant, your rabbi, your, your sibling, your child, your cousin, your uncle, your parent. That's where furribles happen. Furribles don't happen like, you know, oh gosh, I'm now furribled with the whole Ukraine. Why are you furribled with Ukraine? I mean, whatever, you know, like I have my issues with the history of Ukraine. I lost a lot of family in the Holocaust in Ukraine, but I have anything against the, the millions of people who live in Ukraine right now? Nothing. Why should I? Who do I struggle with? The person who's right in front of me, who didn't greet me the way I want to be greeted, who didn't treat me the way I want to be treated, who ignored, was nasty, didn't give me the benefit of the doubt, or I didn't give them the benefit of the doubt, etc. Ultimately, our issues with getting along, if we actually do it from a statistical perspective, most of us get along with 99.9% of the Jewish community, 99.9% .9 of the civilization. That's not our issue. The issue is not that, you know, again, unless the person's a real hater, there's no reason that they don't get along with 99.999 of the world. The issue is that one point. The issue is that that person, those people, the people in our community or the people who don't follow the same religious standards that we do, whether they're more religious or less religious, whether they follow this custom or that custom, 
um, the person who stole our inheritance. Ultimately, it's it's personal. By a healthy person, I'm not saying the ultimate health, because ultimate healthy, we shouldn't get variables with anybody. But I'm saying by a regular person who's not a massive hater, the issues that they're not getting along with, the issues of forgiveness, the issues of, of, of self-righteousness, etc., are being played out in a very small circle of people. But it's the circle of people. It's the stuff. Because that's where the relationships are being played out. That's where life is playing each and every one of us, no matter how private or a public figure we think we are, ultimately our life plays out in a very small arena within our immediate family, within our immediate community. Yes, once in a while we interact outside our small circle, but for the most part we live within a very small circle. That's the way it is. That's the way it's, it's, it's healthy to live that way. I remember reading that a person... It's, Studies have shown it's impossible to have a group that's bigger than 150 people because at some stage it's just impossible to know that many people intimately. And 150 is the, the largest number. They'll often say that a person can know 10, 12 people on a very personal level. Well, obviously they didn't have 11 siblings and 50 uncles and aunts when they wrote that. But um, the point is each and every one of us has a small group and in that group is where we're tested and in that group is where we find the greatest pleasures of life, the greatest disappointments of life. We find the greatest meaning and the greatest heartbreak where we're challenged more than any other. And that's really where we have to focus. So this whole long introduction is there to bring out one point and that is when we say get along, it's not an abstract idea. It's not like yeah, let's get along with all the people of the world. We are the world, one people, one nation, we're all fantastic. It's cliche, but it's also very, it's relatively easy. Again, unless you're a bigot, there's no reason you should hate people that had done nothing to you. It's the people who did do something to you, whether in perception or reality. And perception often is reality. That's where the challenge of Nahagu Kavod Zebazet finding the ability to be respectful for one another really hits home. How long do we hold on to grudges? Do we hold on to a grudge for a day, for a month, for a year, for a decade? Do we have grudges in the first place? Do we take ourselves so seriously that the second somebody doesn't treat us the way we want to be treated, we not only stand up for it, but we actually just despise the other person? Again, nobody's saying a person has to be abused in any way. On the other hand, just because I'm not allowing myself to be abused doesn't mean I have to start holding resentment to every person who mistreated me, whether intentionally or not. Do I have to look at people who practice their faith a little different than me as people who are lesser, people who are lost, people who are confused, um, people worthy of pity, all those attitudes, condescending, um, patronizing, and putting oneself on pedestal, all this stuff, it's fundamentally the same issue, and that is, can I just allow space for other people? Can my ego take a step aside and just allow space for other people? We're just coming out of Pesach, and our stomach is still rumbling for matzah, unless you did the post-matzah run. I've heard it's quite a fad. I haven't joined it, maybe one year, post-Pesach matzah run, to walk off, run off all the matzah. 
But we just finished Pesach. And ultimately, what was the message of the matzah? The matzah was humility. No fluff. No yeast. No self-centered. No ego. No blowing of oneself. Just grounded, straight out, flat matzah. And that is actually the, the foundation of the next weeks of the Omer. The week of Pesach teaches us how to get along for the, during this period that we focus on unity. And what's the answer? Be humble. Don't take up space. It's not about me. Yes, I could demand to be treated with dignity, but it doesn't mean I have to start hating everyone who doesn't. I could decide who to be close to. I don't have to become best friends with people whose energy doesn't necessarily feed mine. But it doesn't mean I have to hate them, despise them, or be patronizing to them either. It's like this either-or attitude. I either like you or I hate you. I remember there was a certain person I, a while ago I was in a friendship with. And uh, this fellow, it was an all or nothing. If he's in, you know, if he likes you that day, best friends calling you 50,000 times a day, there for you any way possible. The next day, not in the mood. And suddenly everything you do is wrong, etc. And then it's back to friend, back to not. It's like this either or mentality. That's not the way relationships work. Relationship works was, okay, space. I, I either enjoy your company and I'll be very close to you, or I don't enjoy your company, but I'm still going to treat you with dignity and respect and understand that, that although you don't feed my energy, there's somebody whose energy is fed by you. And my energy is not necessarily the only correct energy. Just because I connect to a certain group of people doesn't mean I'm right and the people who don't connect to my group are wrong. That's ridiculous. That's patronizing. That's egocentric. Now, we each have our personality. We each have our type. We each have our interests. And yes, there's certain people that feed us, and that's fine. Torah doesn't say to have 7 billion close friends or 12 million close friends. It doesn't say that. It says get along. It says be respectful. It says allow people the dignity to be on their own journey, to be able to just respect their journey and not look down, not make fun, and not hate them for being different. That's just who they are. The the fact that they see reality differently than us, that's just who they are. And if we could just allow each other, one another, the dignity of saying, you know what? I don't float your boat. I don't connect to your vibe but not because you're a bad person or because I'm a great person. It's just because there's millions and billions of different vibes, and this is not my vibe. But I fully support you, and I fully appreciate the journey you're at, and I don't look down at you. God bless you. If there's anything I could do within my ability, I will do to help you, because I still respect you, even if I don't love chatting with you for four hours a day. That is ultimately the balance. And I believe that although this is a huge challenge, I don't think it's impossible. I really don't. What do you think? This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Yeltsin Linksfield Shul here on the Fabringen of Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avton from Linksfield Shul and we are here on the Fabringen show as we are every Tuesday on the most part. Um, from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. And today we're exploring this idea of, I guess the, the easy word is unity, but the, the a better definition is how to make ourselves of ourselves less, not make less, 
not make ourselves into less, but make of ourselves less. In other words, stop taking ourselves as seriously as we do and allow space for others. You know, there's lots of reasons why we get hurt by one another. There's lots of reasons why we get defensive. There's lots of reasons why we build grudges. Some of the stuff is psychological. Some of the stuff is, um, I guess it's all psychological. Some of it, but just the way our nature, nurture, um, what we've been taught. It's not, yes, I guess it's not only psychological, it's also the way we see the world. If we were taught that the world needs to treat us a certain way, you know, I deserve to get this honor and I deserve to be treated this way, then we get hurt. Um, maybe it's the way we were paranoid and convinced that people are out to get us and therefore if there's something that doesn't work our way, we right away not only um, get hurt by the lack of attention, but we actually start developing a whole paranoid streak, convincing ourselves that the whole world's out to get us, and maybe the world is out to get us. Well, that's, I guess, my paranoid part. <laughs> um, no, the world's definitely not out to get you. Maybe that person was out to get you, so it is. But the point is, we, based on these emotional, psychological, um, and perspectives, we then form resentments. Big resentments, Gosh, the amount of resentments out there, the amount of us who just live each day with so much resentment, so much hatred. Uh, I have a fellow in my community who always says, Rabbi, that resentment or whatever issue you're dealing with is like a monkey on your shoulder. Just get the monkey off your shoulder, pass it on. In other words, don't sit with it. But some of us almost like relish, like, oof. Can't stand that person, and you know that person's really bad. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to even prove you how bad that person is. I'm going to sit there waiting for that person to slip or fall, and just you know exaggerate their failure. And wow, they're they just so terrible. Except for we just live in this like ah, kach, you know, waiting for the next piece of politics, waiting for the next scandal. It's been boring. It hasn't been too political in the community recently. Let's create this new scandal. Or if we're not creating it, let's at least be, you know, the first one to forward on, to forward that Facebook post so that we could create a scandal. And just, it's almost become addictive, become addictive to it. I just saw last week um, on, on a similar but different topic. It was unfortunately a terrible uh, car crash. And this individual, um, I forgot his first name, but his surname was Harkeset passed away um, in a car crash, and his daughter was critically injured. Baruch Hashem, thank God, it seems that she's having a recovery. And on WhatsApp, it right away starts going around that this fellow passed away. And one of the groups that it goes on, his wife was on the group, and she receives a message, you know, that this and this person passed away, and she posts right away and says, I'm his wife, and I wasn't even told that he died yet. How could this be going around earlier? And I just, I read that. It's not the first time I read it, but again, it hit me and I was like, why, why, why? I don't think any of the people on that WhatsApp group were bad. Uh, you know, like I've, I can imagine even myself making that mistake. Like, why do I have to be so quick to forward bad news? Why do I have to create this kach? And almost like, and then like another message came out that her daughter is really, really sick and this and that. And like, exaggerating the crash and she's like again like my, please you know you don't have to make my daughter sound like she's dying heaven for but she's she's still here and please god she'll be here it's that same issue it's like this i don't know i don't think it's it's coming from a malicious space i don't think it's well I, again i don't think m most of us are bad people 
as we said earlier, most of us don't walk around hating all day. Most of us aren't bad, but there is a bit of an addiction that we might have to scandal, to, you know, like, oh my gosh, do you hear that leader is corrupt and everyone's corrupt and my gosh, and, and you know, this even proves it and blah, 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 just turning like monstrosities, conspiracies. And you're like, guys, 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 whoa, whoa, even if it's true. Even if all your conspiracies are true and all the people are against, uh, to hate, uh, are against you and all the leaders are absolute, you know, morons and forgive the French and just like, you know, as bad as you, as bad as you'd like to believe. Do you really think that the world is becoming a better place by you cutting on it? Do you really believe that the world is becoming and like God is sitting and saying, you know what? I'm so proud of you for fighting the fight. You know, that's really, that's why I put you in this world. I put you in this world to be the first person to latch onto every scandal and then magnify it on Facebook. That's what I need you for. That's your purpose. Oh, and of course, you're doing my work. I mean, you're, you're fighting corruption. You're creating uh, stories. You're, you're, you're living. I'm not saying, let, let me be clear. Yes, I'm, I'm being a bit cynical. I'm not saying we should just allow people to get away with murder. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a level of accountability. But between that and loving the scandal is a big distance. And unfortunately, most of us don't know where that boundary is. Okay, hold people accountable. On the other hand, don't expect people to be perfect. You could hold your leader accountable without expecting them to be perfect. When people say, where are the leaders of the past? I often wonder... Like how many of the leaders of the past actually do exist today, but they're not surfacing because they're scared of being smashed down. And those leaders of the past weren't perfect either. Yes, I do believe that we have, we have there's certain great people of the past that maybe we struggle to find. But this idea like there's nobody out there, there's nobody decent out there, there's not one decent, you know, leader. I'm like, come on, give me a break. What did you expect? Perfect people to lead? You want angels to lead? Fine. But do you really want to be led by an angel? Even the Talmud says that a community should never appoint a leader who doesn't have a bag of uh, worms on their back. Kankan shel shvatsim, a container of worms. In other words, that they have some skeletons in the closet, not too many. But this idea of perfection, and if the person's not perfect, we'll smash them down for not being perfect. I don't get it. What do you want? You want perfection? Really? Do you want to be led by people that are perfect? Do you want to be parented by people that are perfect? I know most teenagers think they do. Well, my parent is a hypocrite. They're not perfect. Give me a break. You want to be parented by real people. You want to be led by good people. And you want to be a leader, even though you're imperfect. Obviously, there's a gray line. There's a, sorry, there's a red line of how much imperfections there can be. You can't just say, you're like, I'm totally corrupt. I'm a total disaster. Um, a schlamazel, etc. And I'm still a leader. No, there has to be a basic standard of conduct and, 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 and an aspiration to be as moral as possible. But again, we can only get along if we give each other some flack. You know, just like, okay, give them some space. The person wasn't a bad man. The person did not treat you the way you should be treated. Are they really a malicious person? Really? Like, are they, is there that much malice in their heart? Are they really as bad as you're giving them, you know, the title I don't think so. Very few people are. And I believe that that's one way to just get along. To realize, yeah, we all have weak moments. We all have moments that we're not proud of. Give people flack. Give them the... Allow other people to be as human as you allow yourself to be. I believe 90% of variables would go away that way. This is 101.9 High FM. 
This is the Fabringen Show. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avtson. We're wrapping up a, another show here on the High FM. Fabringen, just before we play a final piece of music, I want to encourage us all during this time of the Omer. Today's the ninth of the Omer. Um, to, to focus, to focus on the lessons of character building, focus on looking inward rather than outward and trying to perfect the world by perfecting ourselves rather than trying to perfect the world by then perfecting everybody else. And to cut other people slack, to cut ourselves some slack, to just, yes, we all have to grow, but we're here to love each other, not as angels. You know, it's very easy to love all the people in the cemetery um, who will never hurt us, who will never make us uncomfortable again. But to love human beings, not angels, not souls, imperfect human beings, compromised people, that's the real challenge. That's where we can really test ourselves and say, am I a person of peace or not? This is 101.9 High FM. Have a great day.